Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This is the broadcast for February the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law, the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide that absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Our websites for donations and listen live on demand, or I should say live and or on demand, uh, are all free, but donations are welcome at LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, tell the tale, share the love, would you please? Now, a recap of yesterday's broadcast certainly is in order. It all starts now. We had our guest on, Mr. Richard Mack, founder and president of CSPOA. That's the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. Now, Richard Mack says the CSPOA is a partnership between citizens and local law enforcement. Ladies and gentlemen, it's important to understand that you got to stand with your sheriffs. we got to work together. They want you to believe there should be a breach between the cops and the people. We reject that notion and say back to blue when they're true. How's that? Welcome. Hope you're doing fantastic. We also had another guest on, a courageous whistleblower, an American hero, if you will. Her name is Nurse Erin. Erin Olsuski, I think is how you say it. And uh, she created a book called Undercover Epicenter Nurse. That's right, Undercover Epicenter Nurse. How fraud, negligence, and greed led to unnecessary deaths at Elmhurst Hospital in New York. Aaron Olsuski doing a great job as our guest. Uh, Aaron's a nurse, by the way, turned investigative journalist who has spent the last few months on the front line of the coronavirus scandals pandemic she was enlisted in the army when she was 17 and uh, now she leveled her accusations about intentional deaths uh, and bogus protocols that do not work and more in a documentary series called perspectives on the pandemic um, anyway there you have that we also asked this question really because I believe government is just out of control folks just absolutely out of control will rogue Unaccountable government agents cause the next civil war? I pray the answer is no, folks. But we are getting to the point where there is no redress of grievance whatsoever for the American people. There's no freedom of speech without it getting uh, shanghaied by insurrectionists. And then they blame it on those who order the peaceful, or I, sh I should say put together the peaceful um, assembly in the first place, right? Your free speech is, you know, on the altar everywhere. You don't have anywhere to go for solutions. They're going to cause a serious problem. We also celebrated National Pizza Day, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, man, business across the nation are celebrating with discounted pizza and a whole lot more. Man, I ate a bunch of people. Pizza. I ate a bunch of pizza yesterday. Hope you did as well. And uh, there you go. I told everybody that I loved almonds on pizza, and somebody else came back and said, hey, I don't put squirrel food on my pizza. 
<laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. All I'm telling you is you ought to try it sometime. You're missing out. That's all I can tell you. We also talked about the fact that the Super Bowl ads were indeed sold out, many at record prices, according to, quote, front office sports. Multiple 30-second ads. That I guess it was 30, uh, a 30-second spot, $7 million, 20% up from even a year ago. Wow. Big money, $7 million for a 30-second commercial. We can run our radio network for like a decade on that kind of money, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. We also talked about not just CNN, ladies and gentlemen. Mainstream media is on the ropes. In a commentary by Roger L. Simon, he unfolds the details of his viewpoints. He's spot on right. Temporarily averting a shutdown, ladies and gentlemen, the House passes short-term funding. They say once the bill clears the Senate, they'll be out of the woods once again, at least until March 11th. They'll try to figure out then how to fund the government for the entire year, but it's a sham. It's a scam. It's dishonest. And, folks, they're raising the debt ceiling over and over and over again. But don't worry. The swig from the economic bottle of false prosperity, I guess, will continue. But I'm just telling you right now, the headache and the hangover and the whatever you want to say, repercussions on the back end of this is only getting worse. It's not getting better, ladies and gentlemen. It's a false premise to think we can drink our way out of this thing or we can spend our way out of this thing. Uh, you got to get used to the reality. The sooner we face the music, the better off we will be. We also talked about a group of House Republicans that agreed they would like to keep the January 6th commission in play. That's if they win the elections. They say they'll ask the Democrats key questions they were not able to ask now because they don't have any control. The sham in that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Republican Party is so divided that the swamp monsters will never get to the bottom of it. Whether it's the Federal Reserve selling us down the river, whether it's Obamacare, whether it's whose appointees are on the Supreme Court, they want you to believe the Republicans are the conservative guys, and uh, in rhetoric, they certainly are. And there's a few Republicans that do toe the line and do the best they can. Ron Paul, Rand Paul, Mike Lee, and a few others come to mind. They're far from perfect, but they do a pretty good job. But you know what? They're shanghai by the... What do you want to call it? Swamp monster Republicans? Uh, that's really the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen, that the Republicans mean well, but it's almost we got it done. Almost You just got to wait another election cycle. Just got to try to get another good guy Republican in there. But you're always shanghaied by the one or two or three or four or five or ten hardcore socialist Republican dissenters, don't you know? So this idea that we're almost there and everything else, absolutely bogus um anyway i thought i'd bring that to your attention all i can tell you is uh we've got to really stand up for what matters most we got to realize that you can't just always hope that we're getting close you can't just say oh we're so close so close almost there and never hit pay dirt, never reach the milestones. It's a serious problem. It's something that must be really discussed. Let me give you an example to make the point. There's now supposedly a rift between uh, Ron DeSantis uh, and Donald Trump. But you know what, ladies and gentlemen, it turns out that Ron says it's not true. Ron DeSantis insists that narrative of, quote, Trump rivalry is totally bogus. Trump's a friend of mine, says Ron, now, I believe Ron. I don't believe Ron's lying about this, okay? I think that um, 
They may have their differences. Everybody has their own opinions, beliefs on things. They might have slight differences. But let's not believe for a second that Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump are in a big old tiff. Let's not assume that they're going to fight over the possible 24 bid for presidency. In it, okay, We're not even close to that. We haven't seen anything like that. This is a made-up battle between DeSantis and Trump by the enemies of these two gentlemen in an effort to try to sow hatred, anger, distrust, mistrust, whatever, right? Look, I don't know if DeSantis and, and, and Trump are on the same page exactly or not, but it's a, it's a made-up fight in the media to stir up contention and trouble. It's not real. It's not honest, okay? Ron says, hey, Trump's a friend of mine. Um, they might differ on a few things, but that's okay. What do you expect? Do you expect Ron to run in 24 against Don? Are Don and Ron really going to run against each other in a primary? See, I don't see it. I don't think so. Donald Trump has way more support right now than Ron DeSantis does, even though I believe Ron's more true blue than Don. Just my two cents, my opinion, to which I'm entitled. Don't shoot the messenger, please. But all I'm telling you is I don't believe it's a, it's a fight between the two. And I also personally believe that Ron's better than Don, but both of them misunderstand the Constitution. Both of them, even though they're better than most, you know what, don't get the Constitution. Neither of them would abolish the Federal Reserve. Neither of them would shut down the Education Department. Neither of them would jettison Roe versus Wade. Neither, okay, they would talk big, but they really wouldn't get it done. Neither of them would get to the bottom of the Barack Obama birth certificate scandal. Okay, they're better than most, Don and Ron. But they're not in a fight. And they're not as constitutional or true blue as I would be. I'll tell you that right now. All right. But you know what? I don't think they're in a fight. In fact, what, what would you think about a Don Ron ticket? What about a Donald Trump slash Ronald? Or, I'm sorry, Ron DeSantis uh, ticket. What do you think about that for 2040? Do you think they're going to fight? Or do you think they're going to come together in a meaningful way? Or do you think they're going to work it out and Ron's going to say, Don, go one more time in 24. I can take it on in 28 32, 36, whatever it be, right? See, I don't think there's a big old tiff or a rift between these people in the way they want you to believe. I think it's a dishonest lie. Anyway, Ron insists that the so-called rivalry between him and Trump is absolutely a bogus myth. Yeah, totally bunk. And I think Ron's telling you the truth on that. I really do. Anyway, there you have it. Now, you heard about uh, Biden's plan for crack pipes and <laughs> Biden allowing uh, people to do dope in safe places and everything else. And this is crazy. Taxpayer funded. Sadly, we have so many taxpayer funded shams and fiascos. It's beyond imagination. I'll tell you that right now. Anyway, all right. Enough of that. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Brian Rust of RustQuinnGift.com. We're going to be talking about honest money. We're going to be talking about Bitcoin. There's another big old Bitcoin scam. Remember how I say don't dip your toe in the crypto? That's why. Uh, they want you to believe you can't scam it, folks. It's it's independent transactions, all transparent on the black blockchain. No problem there, right? And unhackable. Oh, they lied. More details in seconds. I warned you. I warned you. Don't dip your toe in the crypto. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. 
After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions, we're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services, I was shocked. So since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay, abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They right. are the largest single abortion provider in our country. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. This is Liberty Roundtable. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Joining me now is Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com. Over the past 50 years, Brian and family at RustCoinandGift.com has been working to educate Americans and people around the world about precious metals, about the importance of taking possession of your metal and acting as a, what do you want to call it? The coin doctor, a coin expert, a professional <laughs> yeah, the in the coin, coin business, your sure. buddy in the coin business. All these terms apply when Brian Rust helps you take possession of your constitutional gold and silver. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you very much, Sam. Glad to be back with you. Are we going to call you Dr. Money now? Yeah, I guess maybe. Uh, well, there's there's times where uh, maybe I've got to, uh, you know, you got some toning or some corrosion or something on a coin that I might have to doctor it. No, I don't know. <laughs> Doodle right, surgery. We just call no, you the coin doctor, man. This guy knows what's going on. We got to surgically remove the Federal Reserve, ladies and gentlemen. And nobody <laughs> better than go. Brian Rust, the coin doctor, to get her done. By the way, let's talk about honest money. Where's gold sitting, sir? Uh, gold, 183170. 183170, okay. Uh, silver, 2345. Man, it, it sits around there a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's the, the nature of the beast with when you have manipulation. You, you know, you just kind of, I mean, in, in, in past years, you, you figure, okay, 
we're going to war maybe or possibly even even just the talk of that basically you'd see in, uh tremendous increases right off the bat All now right. it's like Where's oh, rhodium another sitting? day rhodium sitting at 18,900 so it's it's up a little bit right yeah yeah that jumped a thousand dollars Kurt just totally rocked on this one. <laughs> Woo, Kurt. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, that's yeah, right. You can buy me a boat and a truck to pull it. Come on now. There you go. That's right. <laughs> All right. Um, let's have some fun. I got two stories. One of them, the second one's not funny, but you're going to have to laugh about it. But it's not funny. It's very serious. How do you laugh about serious matters? I don't know. Yeah. Here's the first one. I've been telling everybody forever, Brian, don't dip your toe in the crypto. And people laugh at me, and they go, Sam, you just don't understand the technology. And by golly, we're not going to risk everything. We're just going to get in. And then it's a little bit like the gold rush. People kind of invest more than they should have. And then it kind of goes south. And then I tell everybody that it can be hacked, and people say, you're crazy. Come on now. It's open source. It's all on the blockchain. It's all transparent. Don't worry. It's all good. And then people get hacked, and then I go, see, told you. And then they go, yeah, whatever. And it wasn't like you think, Sam. And then they go on and on and on and on. All right. Well, I got the story, the mother load story for you now, Brian. You ready? Yeah. In 2016, around $71 million of Bitcoin got hacked, okay? It was stolen, ladies and gentlemen, when the Bitfinex cryptocurrency exchange was hacked. So this is one of the biggest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. It got hacked, okay? For $71 million right. back in 16. That's only, what, like six years ago, Brian? Yeah. That The dollar amount of that crypto then was $71 million when the hack took place in 2016. Now they say its value today is $4.5 billion, Brian. Yeah. So uh, let me get this right. $71 million to $4.5 billion in six years. And this is between when the hack happened and now. Well, it turns out that feds then seize mind-boggling crypto hack money. It's the largest seizure of funds in the Department of Justice's history, Brian. Wow. Then they say federal authorities arrested two people, Lila or, I don't know, Lila Lichtenstein and Heather Morgan. For the crime. Now, the headline then says federal law enforcement has demonstrated once again that we can follow money through the blockchain and that we will not allow cryptocurrency to be a safe haven for money laundering or lawlessness within our financial money system. We're not going to allow a zone of lawlessness within our financial system. Now, this is the Assistant Attorney General, Kenneth, I guess is Polite, is that his name? Or Polite? P-O-L-I-T-E. Anyway, Kenneth Polite. He's being really polite about this, too, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> that's what he said about the thing. So I look at this, and I just go, what on earth? Um. You got a bunch of aspects to this story. First off, you got Bitcoin stolen when a hacker made, they say, around 2,000 
unauthorized transactions. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to tell me the Bitcoin's, tra- uh, you know, blockchain's transparent, every transaction you can see openly transparent. How did this guy make 2,000 transactions before people got wise to the hack? I'm just asking because I'm kind of stupid, right? Lack technical knowledge and such. But then they say federal prosecutors said that these, this, this guy and gal, this couple, this married couple, moved the funds through what are called elaborate cryptocurrency transactions. Now, how do you have elaborate cryptocurrency transactions if they're all publicly there for everybody to see unhackable there on the blockchain, Brian? How do you do that? Now, then prosecutors say the FBI then tracked the movement of the cryptocurrency which went through a, quote, they call it dark net exchange linked to major crimes, reports the Reuters News Service. Wait a minute now. This is all above board, unmanipulatable on the blockchain there and such like that. And <clears throat> what's, get, what's going on around here? <laughs> What, what is happening with this? And so there's so many aspects to this story to talk about, Brian. I just want to open it up and have you comment first. Then I'll walk you through the details that are just shocking on so many fronts. Well, <laughs> it's kind of very interesting how, uh, first of all, they, you know, they lost. You know, we're starting to hear, I guess, about some of this. You know, I, I don't remember hearing the story in 16 about a, the hacked no, that was back when they didn't want you to believe it was hackable. When I was telling you that it was, and everybody said, you don't even understand, Sam. The FBI and Sam Bushman sure understood, didn't we? Right. And, you know, there you go. And then the feds the feds have been able to follow the trail of, of this thing in into the dark. I guess it's like the underground. Is that kind of what it is? We used to call it the... Yeah, it's like the dark, go net, underground. The dark web of mysterious... Crime-ridden yeah, right. transactions, Brian. That's right. <laughs> so all yeah, about no. more transparent on the blockchain, don't you know? Yeah, it, it seems that way. So let me ask you. I mean, <laughs> so so as the feds, they've seized the money. You know this this four point five billion now. Uh, you know, I guess what's the deal there? Now? Well, they didn't they, get it all. They've only got part of it, Brian. Oh, okay. Now, right. see, that's the other interesting twist to this story. They were able to trace most of it, Brian. Okay. So I got a question. Yeah. Why can you trace some of it but not all of it? There. <laughs> right. It's all on there the blockchain, you... Brian. Don't you know it's transparent, unhackable, <laughs> unmanipulatable, public source codes everywhere. There's no way that anybody can mess with this deal, dude. Come on now. Yeah. So they're they're this they're learning like the process. Solid. Maybe they're learning the well, process because they got half. And, of and it. that's. And that's exactly the point, Brian. I do believe the government's learning <laughs> right. the process. And some of it's above board. Some of it they have hacker. Or what do you want to call it? So let me ask the question. Did the government hack the hackers? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, I just don't understand if it's all above board on the public plot blockchain there and it's all transparent and unmovable, unhackable. First off, I don't understand how the hack took place. Then I don't understand how these this couple were able to take advantage of the hack somehow and get a piece of this thing. And then I also don't understand how the government can track part of it, but not all of it. Is there a magic part that's untrackable versus the trackable part? And what's the differences there? Would they shed some light on the detail? Oh, no, Brian, it's under investigation right now, don't you know? Right. Can't talk about that. 
<laughs> six years later, <laughs> billions of millions of dollars turned into billions. Hackers are hacking the ha- I mean, government hackers are hacking the hackers who couldn't hack in the first place because it's all transparent, don't you know? And then they tell you that they can get part of it, but not all of it, but they don't tell you how or why. Then they say, hey, make no mistake, we'll trace this down, we'll get you. We're not going to allow the money supply to be tainted, but yet they admit they don't have it all. Yeah. Brian, I'm just like really stupid. I get all the, put all this together and none of it adds up to me. <laughs> there you go. But you want to know what adds up to me, Brian? What's that? The gold and silver I have tucked away, buddy. It's solid as a rock. There you go. All right, ain't tight. Brian Russ with me. You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. I just marvel at this kind of stuff. And then people just be like, Sam, if you just understood the technology. Okay. Liberty Roundtable Live. Pursuing liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Tesla is being sued in California over allegations of systemic racial discrimination. A state regulatory agency announced late Wednesday, Tesla said ahead of the lawsuit that such an action was misguided. Bob Saget's cause of death has been discovered. The family revealed an official report saying Saget accidentally hit the back of his head on something, thought nothing of it, and went to sleep. After a closed-door briefing on Wednesday, senators raised concerns about Iran's nuclear program and the small amount of time it would take to attain a nuclear weapon. Senator Chris Murphy, the Democrat from Connecticut. And it is absolutely imperative that the United States Senate provide this administration with the support it needs to effectuate an agreement. Republican Senator James Reich from Idaho said, you're just not dealing with people who want to be reasonable, end quote. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Water. It's essential to life, but it's also something that so many of us here in America take for granted. Imagine how different your life would be without access to clean water in your home. What if you had to walk to the nearest creek, stream, lake, or pond to get water? Suddenly, going to work and school wouldn't be an option because you and your children would have to spend your days collecting water. This is the day-to-day reality of most families living in the world's poorest countries. But what if I told you that you can change that reality for just pennies a day? Through our water projects, Food for the Poor is working to meet the need for water in 17 impoverished countries. But it won't happen without you. Incredibly, it only takes $15 to provide a child access to clean water for life. $15. Decades and decades of access to water for a child. Give the life-changing gift of water now. Just text USA Radio to 91999. Text USA Radio, all one word, to 91999. As the crisis at the border continues, the Biden administration wants to try something different. The Biden administration is putting hundreds of illegal immigrants under house arrest in a test program aimed at slashing costs amid the soaring number of crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border. The home curfew pilot program in Baltimore and Houston would include 100 to 200 single adults in each location. Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich says this program will be costing you money. Yeah, it's it's obvious that the Biden administration is systematically trying to not only dismantle ICE, but essentially eliminate our entire southern border. And the taxpayers, hardworking middle class taxpayers, are going to subsidize this progressive left social experiment. And unfortunately, it's going to be all of us are going to pay the cost in increased crime and increased drug addiction and really um, destruction in our inner cities. 
from the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. USA Radio News. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. We're talking about this massive cryptocurrency hack in 2016, $71 million. We're talking about in six short years, it's now worth $4.5 billion. The hack happened. The money was moved through all kinds of dark net weird things. Don't worry. The government, the FBI, and the Justice Department, they're on it for you. They were able to trace, well, most of it. <laughs> you know, there you go. Now, here's what's fascinating about this, Brian, and I want you to respond in detail to these points. Here's the first one. The thefts, they say, underscored the security vulnerabilities. Security vulnerabilities in the relatively new world of cryptocurrency, Brian. Wow. Okay, so there were some <clears throat> there were some issues in there, I guess, right? Is that what they're saying? There's some... Yeah, security um, vulnerability. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't quite as secure as they thought. Is that is that what the well perhaps? as the people thought? Now maybe the government knew that it wasn't secure the whole time. I don't know that, but yeah, you're right. Right. Uh, right. The people thought that it was a whole lot more secure than it ended up to being there. Well, that was kind of the word that was out there. I think I say, okay, you, they can't track this. They can. This thing's so secure. Kind of this blockchain and so on. You know, one interesting thing that I I think kind of from this thing is. You know, there people jump on, jump into these kind of. Uh, it's a new, it's a new uh, uh, technology. It's it's a new investment, perhaps, and and they see a lot of people getting rich. I mean, they saw you know these first initial people that kind of jumped into it, and then all these other people. The talk was there. They jumped into it. People were, you know, making hundreds of thousands of dollars. People were buying homes. But I I, I kind of think too, if I, I remember, they were buying these homes and. Big, rich. I mean, they made all this money, and they put it. But you know, the people were uh, made all this money, and 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 I remember some reports or something that okay, wait a minute, they made all this money. There's some some uh, some tax issues, and they were having to pay back, you know, because of the profitability they made. I mean, I they were tracking them back then. I remember some of those stories. So perhaps most people. I don't know. They weren't thinking too much about it. They were just jumping in because it was that kind of get-rich-quick thing, multi-level. It almost sounds like the the people at the top really made a lot of money. The people bottom didn't. I, I don't know. So it seems to be that kind of a trend again. It's new. It's exciting. People are making money. This 18-year-old just bought a house for half a million dollars where before, I mean, what, wow, everybody wants to do that. Anyway, so it's kind of interesting. Now, there's one guy that was involved here, this Lichtenstein guy. He uh, goes by Dutch, and he's an American and Russian citizen. However, that works out is beyond me again. <laughs> but I find this interesting now. They say to obtain anonymity, they allow these transactions to go through uh, a whole plethora of uh, secret transactions. Now, here's an interesting thing. Um, they say that this guy's a tech entrepreneur and the girl is like a, a entrepreneur and a writer. Man, that's pretty entrepreneurial there. Now, it says in the complaint, 
this is interesting about this, where these this couple's in trouble. The complaint also accuses the couple. And this is interesting. I don't understand this very well. Compu- can, um, accuses the couple of conspiracy, Brian, to defraud the United States. Oh. So, okay. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, the, so they're, they, so basically that means that possibly uh, the United States had some, the investment somewhat themselves and they've been hacked and it's kind of our government playing that game or is that, I mean, I could see maybe a hack, you know, um, ripping off individuals, I guess. They hacked into this company, I guess, and took that. But how does that affect the U.S.? Or it's we just can't allow this to happen because that's more control. Well, and that's what I understand. If this is like private money, everybody wants you to believe it's decentralized, government doesn't have control, then how on earth in an arrest, uh, in this complaint for the arrest, would it accuse the couple of conspiracy to defraud the United States? I don't really get it. Hmm. Maybe they use certain computers, which were off limits. Maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you can't. These are our private computers. You can't hack into these private. I don't know. <laughs> now they say the lack of re- regulation has led to a host of problems in the world of virtual currency exchanges, threatening to impair consumer confidence in cryptocurrencies. And to slow widespread adoption. Now, why would the government want widespread adoption of these systems in the first place if they don't have control of it, Brian? Well, that's a good point. They must have. They must be at the controlling factor, and they're losing control. Maybe. I, I, I now, here's know. the interesting thing, too. They say this: in some cases, the instance of hacking drastically affected cryptocurrency values. After the hacking of Bitfinex, one of the largest exchanges in the history of the cryptocurrency markets, the value of Bitcoin initially plunged over 20% alone, Brian. Yeah. We can't have that. I just don't understand about that. Well, the fear, isn't it? Isn't it the fear factor of, uh, wait a minute, I thought this stuff was so people were, they got to get out. I guess so. But, man, it just dropping on that old hack there. Woo. Man, I don't want my value just subject to hackability there. Yeah. Sam, Sam broke. Hackability there got him. Now, they say the fi- first Bitcoin exchange, they call it MT Gox. I don't know if you know, but it collapsed back in 2014, Brian. After hackers breached its security systems. And then they siphoned away $500 million back then in customer money. Uh, so there you go. What do you think of that one? Well, I, you know, I think that uh, the, the, the thing is that's, that uh, I guess that's scary per se is that if we, I, I don't know if we're really trying to push everything digital, which is, obviously a scare because that's i mean if this is digital and this can be hacked and we want to go cashless because then you know if you you it's just easy to transact and we can kind of 
Well, it also causes a lot of issues because if it's this easy to kind of hack in when you can't really, it shouldn't have been hacked. It's, I mean, it was so proven fact that it was secure that, I mean, it just the red flag basically says, okay, well, let's just go digital because that's just going to be easier and we'll be able to watch everything. And okay, yeah, well, obviously here's the issues. You ready for the final takeaway of the story? Sure. Now the government says we're going to start to look into and crack down on these Bitcoin or these cryptocurrency exchanges because a lot of leaders of the exchanges might be involved in criminal activity, Brian. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So now think about it. Even the exchange holders, creators, runners, whatever you want. I don't know what you call them. Exchange executioner. Wait, wait, what are they called? The people that run the exchanges there, they might be involved in criminal activity while they tell the public it's unhackable and totally traceable. And Well, not really traceable, but don't worry, it's all on the blockchain. You got it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm trying to it's get it. It's untraceable there. You can't have the government trace it, although the government says they can at least partially. Uh, but then they say, don't worry, it's all transparent. How is it untraceable but transparent, Brian? That's right. That's exactly right. Can you tell right. stupid people like me the answer to that? <laughs> That's right. I, I wish. Well, maybe there's another word. It's not the blockchain that we want to use, but maybe some other word that really kind of, it's a, it's, a, it's a double shift. <laughs> it's a, I don't know. That's very good. Yeah, what do they call that, a cluster <laughs> in the Army there? That's a, yeah, it's a. Slide of hand or what is, I don't know. Hey, man, we got this totally transparent, untraceable currency here. <laughs> Sounds like the Federal Reserve, Brian, all over again. Yeah, hey, there you go. That's there you go. That's right. Everybody can be in the Federal Reserve now, Brian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, you fit, you've got it. You fit it. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, man, this isn't adding up. And people are like, man, if you just had a degree in this stuff, Sam, then you'd get it. <laughs> You'd understand there. What do you think about those Biden-provided taxpayers for crack pipes now? Joe Biden wants a safe place for folks to do dope, so he wants to give crack pipes and give you a safe place to shoot up. And if you you overdose or whatever, you just have government back narking on to bring you on down and all this kind of stuff. And that's Joe's latest foray while Bitcoin and all these other cryptocurrencies run off the rails, Brian. Yeah, it's it's one more thing. I mean, it's, what's next, right? <laughs> wow, Fed sees mind-boggling sum. It's the largest seizure of funds in the Department of Justice's history. Woo, baby, hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live. Let's talk about your heart coming up, shall we? Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation 
the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Brian, Brian Rest with me, RestCoinandGift.com, doing a phenomenal job. You've got a friend in the coin business. I'm calling him Dr. Currency. Dr. Real Money is what I'm going to – how about that, Dr. Real Money? Dr. Yeah. Honest Money is what we're calling this guy. Uh, is The new name, Dr. Honest Money. I've settled on it. What do you think of that, Cameron? Dr. Yeah. Honest Money's on your radio. Yeah, man. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Honest Money's with me. Now, I want you to switch, Brian. We can't laugh about this. I know we laugh about these Bitcoin – fiascos and everything but this is serious now i don't want you to laugh okay all right no laughing brother now listen up you ever heard of broken heart syndrome i have heard of that uh bhs my friend okay <clears throat> broken heart syndrome is serious indeed ladies and gentlemen and i guess they say it's among it's on the rise especially among older women and broken heart syndrome, you might say, well, what the heck is that, Sam? They say it's a real illness, and it's triggered by physical or emotional stress. And they say broken heart syndrome causes the heart's main pumping chamber to temporarily enlarge and pump poorly. And patients experience chest pain, shortness of breath, uh, and symptoms similar to those of a heart attack. Uh, and this is seriously, this is rising, uh, and it's a big problem. And um, they say that the broken heart syndrome is real. If you survive the initial onset of it when it really happens, then you're likely to uh, slowly recover. But believe it or not, people are dying of this uh, broken heart syndrome. Uh, Brian, this is very serious. And, you know, I can relate it to currency in just a second. Uh, but all I can tell you is that it's a serious condition that people are experiencing. Um, disappointment, despair, discouragement, all these things underlie the stress that really results in uh, broken heart syndrome, Brian. Hmm. Okay. What do you think of this one? Well, it's, it sounds serious. Now, I believe it is serious, and I believe it's a real condition. Now, I know a lot of people kind of mock it and just go, oh, my gosh, they got a broken heart, no big deal, toughen up, ride it out, whatever you want to call it. But this is serious, and here's what I find fascinating. In the scriptures, they don't call it broken heart syndrome. 
But in the Bible, they say hearts or men's hearts shall fail them, Brian. Right. I remember that. I find a link to this that I find very scary and fascinating all at the same time. And I think when you have dishonest money in society, I think that undergirds dishonesty everywhere. Every single transaction has a dishonest underpinning uh, in it. And, and I, I see a relationship, Brian, between currency, broken heart syndrome, and scriptural or scripturally, uh, men's hearts shall fail them. Men mean, means mankind in this case. And uh, anyway, I look at this and I go, there's got to be a correlation, doesn't there? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you hit something here. I, I agree. Think of that. Broken heart syndrome. Uh, and then men's hearts shall fail them. Um, what do we do about it is the real question, I guess, right? What do we got to do to have men's hearts not fail them? I got a thought or two, Brian, but I want to get your your mind first. Well, I, I think, and I've been saying all along, I mean, obviously, I you know, I think we need to turn to God. I think we need to put our house in order, meaning that uh, we prepare. I mean, prep, preparation, uh, you know, allows us to have peace, peace of mind. We're not, we're not uh, like a puppet. We had driven here and there, but we put our, you know, prepared ourselves for perhaps times when we might, you know, be hit with a, you know, a time where we need some some extra money or food or or uh, whatever it may be, and it also gives us an opportunity to serve others, you know, and things like that, which I think help in in uh, instead of you know maybe in the mud wallowing in and and the stress and all that because we haven't prepared and what do we do next type type thing. So that's that's my thought there. Yeah. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, Luke twenty one. Men's hearts failing them for fear. This is serious business, man. <clears throat> yeah, men's hearts shall fail them for fear. And I, I bring this up, folks, because really you got to ask the question. If men's hearts are failing them, if people are suffering from broken heart syndrome, suicides are up and everything to this degree, what do you do about it? How to recover from a broken heart seems to make sense to me. The Huffington Post has 10 tips, but I don't look at their tips as making sense for me, Brian. Uh, but I will say this. I believe the way you recover from a broken heart is you start with honesty in all your dealings, Brian. You start right. with honest money to where people can count on this, every uh, transactional exchange that, you know what, it's on the up and up. It's honest. It's transparent. It's not like Bitcoin transparent where it's so transparent you don't know where it goes or how it happens or through the dark uh, internet or whatever, dark net. Um, it would be an honest transaction from start to finish financially. And the reason I put that at the core is because if you have honest financial transactions, now it's honest. It's possible to be honest in all your dealings. Without that, I really don't see how you can. Right. I agree. Uh but I look at that, and I look at fear being at the source of all this, and I think that God's plan is the opposite of fear. It's faith. I put this all together and just go, wow, there's something to this, scripturally speaking. And what we can uh, do is we can deal with this, Brian, in my mind, by honesty in our dealings, first of all. Right. I agree. Um, I, 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 
I, I sorry, I think that uh, you're, you you've hit a, a key because all that all that gives uh, make you know a feel good. It makes us you know we're doing the right things. We're you know we're um, treating people the way that you know you know we would like to be treated as you know and 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 have the more love and and that and and uh, you know and we're able to you know. If our house is in order, we're able to bless the lives of those around us, and 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 and, and things move forward in a great thing. I think you know we're in today's world. There's so much clutter in our lives, and there's almost all all this, you know, so many twisted things here and there, and we, you know, and and so on. It it, it really gives that fear factor to a lot of people. You know, what do I do? What oh gosh, what's next? You know, so the stress levels and so on. Like you say, the broken heart syndrome really comes into play because there's a lot of people that are just not prepared or, or they don't have, you know, they don't know what to do. And yet uh, you've hit a good point. Absolutely. Now I bring it up because I think there's solutions to this, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what? In the country realm, so it's God family country, but in the country realm, I think honest money would be the answer. And you start by auditing the federal reserve. You start by um, eventually shutting down the federal reserve. But on the way, you create, you know, an opportunity for competing currencies. That's what you do. Uh, you get rid of unconstitutional agencies that literally prey on the people who create fear. The average parent that wants to go down to the school doesn't dare now to try to correct sex perversion or whatever government, uh, you know, fiasco is going on. Uh, the crisis of the day at government school, if you will. Uh, people are fearful. They're afraid they're going to be called a domestic terrorist and. Uh, you know, run a foul of government there and get arrested or have problems. This is fear everywhere. So shut down unconstitutional agencies and return to honest money uh, is the starting point for uh, the country. When you go to your family, it's looking at God-given, God-ordained traditional marriage, male and female, created to them and marrying a, a man and a woman together to then bring children into the world and raise them in righteousness, in, uh, you know, an understanding of God and who he is and that he loves us. And we have a godly heritage. He's our father in heaven. Uh, and Jesus Christ is our savior. Okay, that's the family idea. Traditional God-ordained families. On the God idea, though, it's honesty. It's morality uh, in all that we do, ladies and gentlemen. If you want your hearts not to fail you, then turn to God and gain a little trust in him. I know the world seems crazy gnarly out there, but I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that you can have honesty in your own dealings. You can turn to God for comfort and stability. You can pray and know that he's there and that he cares. And when you do that, pretty soon uh, things get better and more stable on all fronts of God, family, and country. How to recover from a broken heart, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to get all kinds of stuff from a lot of people on this topic. But I would go back and, and, and double down in defense of all the things of God. There's a book that I'm reading right now called Tender Warrior, Brian. It's called Tender cool. Warrior, and then the subheading says this. Every man's purpose, every woman's dream, every child's hope. Stu Weber wrote the book. Kind of an interesting idea, though, is that, hey, we can be the godly men that our Father in Heaven intended us to be. Uh, and when we are, we become tender warriors. Every man's purpose, every woman's dream, and every child's hope. The question is, are you a tender warrior? Uh, anyway, great stuff, but I, I believe there's solutions to this, Brian. And, and I don't believe anybody's really pointing to them, my brother. I think you're right on. I think you've hit it. I think you know, the collapse of society is, you know, morality and, and, and take out, take away God. And, and, you know, you go back to, 
you know, the Roman Empire and all these societies that collapsed. Well, it was corruption and it was, uh, you know, and and threatening the citizens. I mean, just all this stuff. And and, and especially you, you remove God, you know, and, and that and you can't pray or you can't do this or anything to do with God. If you bring that up, oh, no, you, I mean, we can't have it. Well, the decline of society. I mean, just go, you can see it in, back in history. Now, maybe today most people don't want to go, oh, we can't look at back in history. Let's tear down the statues. Let's do all we don't want to look at that. Well, maybe we need to. But I think Tender Warrior sounds like a good idea. Brian Rust, a.k.a. Dr. Honest Money, ladies and gentlemen, on your radio. We're talking about this. This is serious stuff, man. Yeah. It's important to really understand what we're doing, what we're working on, what we're spending our time on. Uh, and I really submit to you that if you get honest money in your portfolio, constitutional currency, gold and silver, rustcoinandgift.com to help with that. You get a little bit of food. You do some things to stabilize your jobs. You get out of debt. You All these things come back to um, you're not going to have a broken heart. You're going to think things are sad in the world. You're going to struggle because life's hard. But you're not going to have a broken heart that you got to recover from or maybe die from. Men are dying because their hearts are failing them. You're going to have um, a relationship with God, Brian. And I submit right. when you have that, that's the key here to not only have a relationship with God, but then to keep his commandments. In that is safety. In that says, no, no broken heart for me, Brian. Absolutely. Amen, brother. You got it. All right. I just wanted to bring that up. Any, anything we ought to know about the coin world right now that's going on? Well, yeah, I, th- I think we just need to be preparing, whether it be just a little bit here every day, every week, whatever you can. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not a, a, a fan of jumping into debt. I'm not that guy. So basically, you, you have us some extra money, some extra savings. Yeah, put it away. Prepare. Peace of mind. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to rush into belligerent debt, don't call Brian. Do not call Brian. On the other hand, if you want a friend in the coin business, if you want someone to stir you right, then get a hold of Dr. Honest Money. Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com. Thank you, my friend. We'll chat soon. All right. Thanks, Sam. Great show. He's always on your radio. He's always telling the tale of truth. He's always standing for what's right. This is your Honest Money Report on Liberty Roundtable Live every Thursday. We break it down just for you. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hour one of the can. Hour two coming up. I am Sam Bushman. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Always free and always available via lovingliberty.net, libertyroundtable.com. And best of all, you can donate if you have the heart to help. Libertyroundtable.com. God save the republic. Live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that was refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is the broadcast for February the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Without further ado, our guest at this hour, 
all things Liberty on the table. Larry Pratt, welcome back, my dear friend. Well, Sam, it is good to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. All right, let's just kick it off, man. Alberta, Canada, caves to trucker, protest and ends vaccine passports. Wow, this convoy is big, largest in history. Uh, what do they say? It's close to 50 miles long, and it's just getting started. But they've already got their first win, Larry. It's very impressive, and uh, it just strikes me that uh, maybe we would help put this into perspective when we think about the Black Lives Matter demonstrations a couple summers ago. Uh, they were burning. They were looting. Uh, at least one person that I remember reading about specifically died in one of the fires that they had set. Who knows how many small businesses particularly were wiped out, and some of them perhaps not ever able to recover, may not have been able to have infor- have afforded insurance. And uh, that's uh, uh, how the, the Black Lives Matter operated. And by their charter... They were explicitly a Marxist anti-family organization. Uh, when I say Marxist and then anti-family, I repeat myself, of course. Uh, but they had it specifically in their charter. Uh, the truckers, even some of them, have some of their family with them. Uh, they're having cookouts. They're, uh, it's almost a, a festive atmosphere. Uh, they're not threatening anybody. They're not burning things down. Uh, well, they are threatening one guy in particular. I take that back. His name is Justin Trudeau, <laughs> and he's the little snowflake that ended up as the head of Canada. And I can just see him stamping his foot. Uh, but I didn't give them permission to do this. <laughs> no, and they didn't give him permission to put them out of business either. So uh, that seems to be the issue. And I think, uh, well, I always thought pretty highly of truckers because these are guys that operate at all hours and under adverse conditions and often by themselves. Uh, And what they are doing is I think they've lit a match. Uh, We read about Europe having similar demonstrations from Finland down to uh, southern parts of Europe. this is an amazing thing. I, I, uh, I just didn't expect that liberty would be so contagious, and yet it seems to be at the moment. And these are very likable uh, representatives of the cause of liberty. Uh, so I, uh, uh, I think we've all been blessed by the rise of uh, this movement and that they've been able to persevere. Uh, it's uh, it's there. I think it's the police in Ottawa are threatening people uh, with arrest if they're caught bringing food to the truckers. <laughs> really? <laughs> We're not going to have any private charity here. The state owns all of the rights to all human activity. <laughs> it's it's quite a uh, confrontation between the big state and uh, the individual, uh, in this case Canadian, but the individual because – we're seeing some of this in the U.S., some of this in Europe. It's uh, it's an amazing thing. And to think that it's happening in the dead of winter, uh, which wouldn't be my favorite time to be out in the middle of nowhere. 
All right. Now the U.S. truckers are following the Canadian truckers' lead. They say U.S. trucker convoys are getting ready, ladies and gentlemen. And what the interesting thing is is that Facebook took down the truckers' Facebook page. Now the truckers are firing back against Facebook, saying, shame on you. But now the Department of Homeland Security bulletin warns U.S. trucker convoy. You know what? It could interrupt the Super Bowl there, uh, Larry. (laughs) Well, uh, one of the things that happened is we saw the treachery of GoFundMe uh, for the Canadian convoy. And uh, so the Christian group, uh, Give, Send, Go, said, well, uh, they're not doing anything wrong. We'll uh, be the receptacle for funds raised for them. And the last I read last night, there's some $10 million has come in for the trucker convoy 2022. It's just astounding uh, that so many people have risen to this challenge, to this call, and are taking peaceful, but I think so far, looks like very effective action. And maybe we can say au revoir, uh, Monsieur Trudeau. Goodbye, Mr. Trudeau. We won't miss you. Please don't hurry back. Now, they say not only could it affect the Super Bowl, but it could affect the State of the Union scheduled for March 1st. They say the convoy will potentially begin in California as early as mid-February and all, uh, and finish or arrive in Washington, D.C. as soon as mid-March is what they're talking about right now, uh, Larry. Well, it would be just uh, such a relief not to have to listen to President Sleepy uh, and read his teleprompter, and apparently he's not able to do that all that effectively. So uh, I, I, there's, there's so many fringe benefits flowing from what the Canadian truckers started that uh, we're not going to be able to count them all by the time it's all over. <laughs> Now, the other thing I find fascinating about this is I don't see why this would affect the Super Bowl and the State of the Union. What I think is government's trying to make it affect things so that people will be against it, Larry. Well, that, I hadn't thought of that, and, and that's a, a, very, uh, a very good possibility. But they'd better be careful uh, because it may well be that if they were to put the Super Bowl off, that uh, most Americans would realize who did that. And uh, it wouldn't be the truckers. They're not driving through the stadium wherever uh, the game is going to be played. Uh, So to say that it's their fault uh, seems to me a bit of a stretch and uh, uh, probably would be a rather useless effort that could actually boomerang because it could come back uh, and hit gobsmack uh, the administration right in the puss. And I find this thing disrupt is a very interesting way to say it. The convoy might disrupt the Super Bowl. And then they say it could potentially begin in California as early as mid-February and arrive in Washington, D.C. as late as mid-March. Might disrupt the uh, State of the Union in address. Aren't we... Uh, Going yeah, too far, making some world. wild, crazy claims, and might we engineer the disruption with provocateurs and blame it on the truckers, blame it on the conservatives, blame it on anybody but the real cause, Larry? Sounds like January the 6th preparations, does it yes, not? Yes, it does. 
BLM and Antifa have been uh, the personification of uh, doing things uh, uh, black flag or, or just to make it look like it was somebody else that did it. There have been uh, pictures uh, at several of the Patriot events of uh, a squad of guys, maybe a couple of dozen, I'm not sure, uh, and they were all recognizable because they would move together and they would all have uh, khaki trousers on. And uh, it, it certainly looked as if they might have been provocateurs. Uh, there was a guy that uh, I've forgotten his name now, but was at the uh, January 6th demonstration. And by the way, I, I don't know why even conservatives have called the events of January 6th in Washington a riot. Uh, yeah, they shouldn't have gone into Capitol, but they were motioned in by at least one of the police guarding the Capitol. So I'm not sure even how much of a trespass that would be. Uh, it, it could well be that this was all just uh, engineered to set it up, and yet the violence that might have been anticipated simply did not happen. And to say that that was a riot, uh, nobody lost their little business across the street from the Capitol burning down or something of that sort. That just didn't happen. That happened uh, when Antifa was uh, on the streets. didn't happen when patriots were on the street. Now listen to this. So after they stir this up and tell you that the Truckers in the U.S. are going to follow the Canadian truckers, and it might just be disruption everywhere from California, where the Super Bowl's at this Sunday, all the way to Washington, D.C., <laughs> where they're going to have the State of the Union or whatever you want to call it, um, literally months later. And they say might, 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 might disrupt, might, you know, do all these things. Uh, January or March 1, it might do this, they claim. But here's what's interesting. Then the, as you read down in this article from the liberal press, here's what it says right near the bottom of the article. Listen carefully. There is no sign of any specific credible threat, officials say. So why tease the audience and promote this and just shout it from the rooftops and the headlines and da-da-da, only to admit down way in the article, hey, there's no real official threat in place at all. There's no evidence of that. There, there's nothing there. But don't worry, it might come, Larry. Wow. All right, when we return, we'll let Larry Pratt respond to this. They tease this threat, promote this threat. It can affect the whole nation over a whole month period of time, but there's no credible threat. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. 
The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Ladies and gentlemen, truckers in the big protest up there. Canadian truckers get their first big victory as Alberta ends these forced jab passport joke reality. Uh, on one hand, they want you to believe it's all going to go violent, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to go crazy. It's going to disrupt everything you know. On the other hand, they're all mad because the truckers are up there with their wives and children, and they got bouncy houses and barbecues and they're going, wait a minute, how do you guys just think this is a party? You're disrupting the whole city. And on the other hand, they're showing that they're peaceful, that they don't want violence, but yet the government making it violent. The Department of Homeland Security, DHS, warning trucker convoy could disrupt Super Bowl Sunday in Los Angeles, drive across the country wreaking havoc and violence, and end up in Washington, D.C. by March 1st to disrupt the State of the Union address. They go to this big, long thing, but then the headline says this. Well, this is way down in the story, I guess. I'm making it the headline, but it says this. After promoting all the violence and scare tactics from L.A. to all the way to Washington, D.C., they say there's no sign of any specific credible threat, officials say. Larry? But we know heck? We know it's coming, so uh, be on the watch. You know these are bad people because we just told you so. Uh, they're not doing what we told them to do. That's why they're bad people. Uh, you know, uh, you can see the disconnect between Washington and the Constitution. The idea that Washington is under any law, be it the Constitution or laws enacted by Congress, is just not something that they think about. Uh, they haven't been told that they have to conform to the law for a long time. They're a law unto themselves, and uh, that. <laughs> That uh, that was dramatically uh, shown to us uh, when uh, Rand Paul uh, had an uh, interrogation, if you will, in committee in the Senate uh, of Dr. Fauci. Uh, and Dr. Fauci has emerged as clearly uh, the most conniving, uh, power-seeking uh, government bureaucrat. And I still marvel, this guy's salary, uh, the lowest I've seen estimated, is about three and a quarter, uh, three hundred fifty thousand, three hundred twenty-five thousand uh, dollars. I had that's 
a lot more than even members of Congress are being paid. And somehow uh, Dr. Fauci, uh, with all of his uh, very questionable science, uh, is paid this enormous sum of money and still is. Ladies and gentlemen, I look at this, and I'll tell you what I see the problem is. On one hand, it's all peaceful. On the other hand, the government predicting of and warning about violence. This is the Department of Homeland Security. This was a Republican creation, this DHS now that's stirring the pot. Larry? Yes, and it's uh, obviously uh, not interested. The folks that are running it are not interested in uh, protecting the homeland. Uh, Their boss, uh, uh, President Sleepy, uh, has immediately on taking office told them to stand down. And very quickly, uh, the cartels in Mexico realized that the border is open. And drugs, especially the apparently wickedly deadly drug fentanyl, is flooding into the, uh, into the country from uh, south of our border. We've had some million uh, illegals enter the country, at least that they think they can count. Uh, and it's certainly not attenuating by any means. And this is a deliberate policy. Uh, the Biden administration uh, is doing this evidently. If there's any economic rationale, uh, it's for the benefit of companies that want to have lower wages for the workers they hire. And, of course, uh, somebody coming in uh, from a farm in Oaxaca, Mexico, uh, is not looking for $15 an hour. Uh, so uh, this is a uh, something that makes a few people in our country happy, a few people who happen to be fairly powerful, uh, but it's certainly not for the benefit of people who have been born here, gone to school here, have been trying to uh, raise a family here in this country. We are being invaded, and one of the basic functions, orders, if you will, by uh, of the Constitution to those in government is to protect our borders, to protect us against invasion. And I think the states down on the border, uh, and there's three of them that are being really hit, uh, Texas, New Mexico, and Arizona. I think actually California is too, but the governor thinks it's just wonderful that all the illegals are coming in there, I guess. Uh, but it's, um, uh, it's something that is producing now, I think, a pushback. Uh, and as delighted as they seem to have been that all these illegals are coming into the country, um, the American populace has figured out what's happening. The average uh, working stiff realizes what's happening. Uh, he thought he was going to get some of those higher wages that Biden was talking about. <laughs> Forget about it, pal. Uh, they brought in uh, the folks that are going to take that wage right out of your mouth. There you have it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is serious stuff, man. It's amazing when we look at this. The truckers, they don't want you to be able to have a trucker go across the border of Canada, uh, between Canada and the United States, if uh, you're not, quote, vaccinated. But yet we're letting illegals come up from Mexico, uh, and we don't even consider uh, vaccinating them or mandating they have vaccinations at all, Larry. They're not even tested. They have no idea whether uh, any of those folks 
uh, are carrying uh, who knows how many different kinds of germs, not just the uh, coronavirus, but uh, perhaps other uh, diseases. And uh, there's no interest in that whatsoever. And I think uh, for the short run, uh, the Biden administration seems to be helping out their buddies and uh, and big business, putting wage pressure on American workers. Uh, but in the long run, uh, and it may not be that long a run, once they illegally make these illegals legal voters, uh, put legal in quotes, uh, then they'll have, they think, a Democrat voting base uh, that is not going to uh, ever desert them uh, will ever be dependent upon them. Now, the one thing that could be, and I think we may have talked about this uh, several weeks ago, but uh, down on the Mexican border uh, in South Texas, a town uh, that is, I think it's some 80 percent uh, uh, Hispanic, uh, for the first time in a quarter of a century, because of the illegal invasion, lowering their wages, uh, walking across their farms and trampling crops, uh, they voted Republican for the mayor of that town. And it just seems to me that uh, there are unintended consequences of what the Biden administration is doing uh, that are uh, in the process of biting them. And I think that's why uh, that's one of the reasons why uh, 2022 uh, could be a, a tremendous electoral blowback uh, for them. Now, one of the challenges is that we've got to do everything we can to make sure they don't steal the election. Uh, imagine the Dominion Voting Machine Company, I just read, uh, doesn't want uh, machines that were used in the election. I think it was in Arizona. Uh, they don't want them to be audited because the machines are very delicate. And, and that could just ruin their ability to operate. And so we can't uh, we can't have any forensic audit going in uh, going on of those machines. <laughs> Hold on, well, the, the machines are super delicate, but they can handle the um, rigors of an all-day uh, voting reality. There, Larry, what happens with well, that. Uh, Sam, you're smarter than I am. I didn't realize that that would be possible. <laughs> so. I mean, you look at this, folks, and you just go, wow. It's hard to even have intelligent discussions about some of this these days, ladies and gentlemen. It is, wow, shocking beyond imagination. No doubt there's been vote fraud. The sad part is the Republicans are kind of divided on it. You got the swamp Republicans on one side claiming with the Democrats it doesn't exist, even though the Democrats used to claim vote fraud all the time. Uh, But now you've got swamp Republicans going against the rest of us saying we know there was fraud, Larry. And I think part of the reason the um, Swamp Republicans are uh, taking this position is that uh, it would be quite possible that they've been cut in on some of the good business uh, uh, from big government. Uh, and also, I think there's just kind of a psychological, um, uh, I don't know, a, a, a wave that distorts their thinking. Uh, many years ago, I was in the Virginia legislature. And I remember the the pressures to conform uh, on even on me, and they knew I was kind of a, a solid no vote for most of this stuff. All right, hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live with Larry Pratt on your radio.
Daily, Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A new Labor Department report released Thursday has the American economy inching its way to a recession. The consumer price index rose 7.5% in January from a year ago. That's the worst since February of 1982 when inflation hit 7.6%. The mass mandate debate continues, yet nearly a dozen states are dropping the mandate as Americans are saying no more. Virginia Republican Governor Glenn Youngkin on Fox News. We're seeing the rest of the country also come around us because it's time to get back to normal. It's time to empower parents. And I'm so excited that Virginia is leading in a bipartisan way to give parents the power to choose. Science has revealed the least affected age group to COVID-19 are the children. Yet the CDC still demands kids be masked in schools. For more information, visit us online at usaradio.com. We are USA Radio News. Fever is a potential sign of COVID or the flu, and the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate with more than 100 clinical studies. Be vigilant and seek medical advice at the first sign of fever. Be accurate with Exergen. Exergen Temporal Scanners, available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N dot com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Working from home? I'm Chad Dodd, veterinarian and consultant to Limp Bells. Here are some tips for keeping your dog fit while staying at home. Find 15 minutes twice a day and walk your pet at a decent pace around your place. Play hide-and-seek by hiding some kibble or favorite toys and letting your dog find them. If you have stairs and your dog is mobile, walk up and down twice a day for 5 to 10 minutes. Or better yet, try a power walk on your terrace or backyard for some fresh air. There are more helpful pet care tips at umove.com, spelled Y-U-Move.com. The White House is taking heat for willfully allowing drug addicts to continue their spiral downward. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki appeared to play cleanup on Wednesday when asked about $30 million in taxpayer money used to supply smoking kits to addicts, including crack pipes. Part of the kit were removed in response to this reporting and this pushback. They were never part of the kit. It was inaccurate reporting, and we wanted to put out information to make that clear. However, the original article in the Washington Washington Free Beacon quoted the Department of Health and Human Services, which specifically mentioned crack pipes. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. The Ukrainian border conflict, Afghanistan, rising inflation, the continuing COVID-19 pandemic, gasoline costs, and the chaos at the Mexican border. President Biden's performance in the White House continues to turn off Americans. The president's approval rating is now at 39%, with 54% giving him a thumbs down. We are USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to Larry Pratt. We're commending the truckers for standing up. The government wants it to go violent, pushing for that at every turn through the Department of Homeland Security and everything else. Ladies and gentlemen, what we want to talk about, we mentioned vote fraud, and that's a big old scam. We know all that. That's a problem. But felonious behavior is at an all-time high as well. Congressman catches Biden admin opening his mail. The Democrats spying on political opponent, opponents appears to know no end. WMD.com, Bob Unruh with the piece. The new claim from U.S. Rep. Louis Gohmert, Republican of Texas. 
appears to take it to an entirely new and illegal level, Larry. Um, They say this. In an announcement on his website, Gomer shared that the executive branch has been intercepting and marking his mail, ladies and gentlemen. In January, he says, my staffer received a letter addressed to my official office from a Christian missionary, which was already opened and stamped. The question is, are Democrats in power illegally spying on their opponents? This is ratcheted up to an all-time abusive level, Larry. Well, actually, uh, it just occurred to me that uh, opening somebody's mail uh, and reading it without the permission of the uh, recipient of that mail is a federal uh, crime. I believe it could be a felony. And here we have the uh, the federal government involved in that against not just any one of us who might be viewed as political opponents, uh, but a, a U.S. congressman in a separate uh, branch of the government – a government set up in which there's supposed to be a separation of powers. And it strikes me as maybe a little hard to separate powers when you've got uh, surveillance of the congressman being done by the executive branch. Uh, there's something wrong with that picture, uh, a lot wrong. And uh, they've messed with Louis Gohmert, who uh, was a local official, in Texas for many years before he uh, got elected to the Congress. Uh, He's a very capable uh, attorney, and uh, maybe they've messed with the wrong guy. We'll see. Uh, But they don't seem to have any compunction in this administration for doing just about anything they, they would like to do. And any notion that is this legal, is this constitutional, I don't think it ever crosses their mind. You know, where do you go from here? You know what? Uh, Horowitz with the blaze is now saying, hey, the DOJ is getting dangerously close. Coming close, dangerously close to criminalizing free speech. So on one hand, Larry, we have the uh, government spying on all us, but now they're literally criminalizing, uh, whatever you want to say, by edict, the First Amendment for the rest of us. And uh, it's not just uh, in the case of uh, these events of of recent days, but we know that uh, when parents have been objecting to some pretty awful stuff being taught to their kids in schools, uh, the Justice Department actually uh, suggested to, and the emails came out, so this is not conjecture. We do know that the, the idea was born in the Justice Department and transmitted to the National Association of School Boards to label parents who were objecting to the racist teaching of critical race theory, things like that, in the classrooms of their children, uh, that they should be viewed and investigated by the FBI as terrorists. So the administration, I think, to illustrate what you're saying, seems to view that anybody who's using their speech to argue argue against anything that the administration is doing, uh, well, that makes them a terrorist. And, uh, you know, it's you're free to speak anything you want as long as it's approved. 
by the government. Now, it's interesting in this article that Daniel Horowitz writes, um, you know, when it comes to our domestic stuff and parents and school children, that all matters. But it relates. They um, this uh, group, an independent local media group in Hong Kong, uh, in a statement which was signed by all kinds of countries, including our uh, Department of Homeland Security and everybody else. It turns out they say we're concerned about speech in Hong Kong. But now uh, Horowitz and others are saying, hey, wait a minute. Now, under the color of COVID, you guys are all restricting everybody. This is quite a rich statement proclaimed in the week that the White House called on Spotify to censor Joe Rogan for having long-form engaging discussions with brilliant scientists like Dr. Robert Malone and Peter McCullough and others. Um, and then the White House called on Facebook to censor vaccine. Anyway, the top doctors and scientists that are critical of the COVID narrative are shut down from every media platform. So the question then is, how exactly is this different from China or Hong Kong? Larry. It seems that there is a a disturbing parallel uh, between the increasingly lawless behavior of our own government uh, in trying to shut down uh, those who disagree uh, and uh, that's uh, very – it ought to disturb us all. And maybe uh, we need a uh, a uh, convoy, a Freedom Convoy 2022. Uh, uh, once they've uh, taken care of uh, everything up in Canada, maybe these fellows can come down to the United States and uh, we'll be able to, I'm sure, and quite happy to buy them – uh, their meals while they're here and provide the bouncy rooms for their kids to uh, have something to do while they're here. And uh, maybe we need to uh, do something like that to get the point across to our betters uh, in Washington that we've had it, uh, that, hey, if you can push Canadians too far and by their own admission, they'll admit they've been kind of docile uh, for many, 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 many years. Uh, so if you can push them too far, uh, is it too much to hope that maybe Americans will discover that we've been pushed too far? Ladies and gentlemen, this is serious business, though. When you see Dr. Or, I'm sorry, when you see uh, Daniel Horowitz highlighting saying the D- DHS, that's the Department of Homeland Security, coming dangerously close to criminalizing the First Amendment and political beliefs, and then you realize this next statement. Listen carefully, ladies and gentlemen. On Monday, the Department of Homeland Security posted its, quote, latest National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin, and it basically says the number one terrorism threat in the eyes of our government, ladies and gentlemen, is ordinary people who hold different views on COVID policies and election security that's right. So if you believe in election security problems uh, or if you don't believe the narrative on the government's position with regards to coronavirus, you are the biggest threat, says Joe Biden and the Department of Homeland Security. What the Republicans started. The swamp is declaring war on us, Larry. You know, it, it strikes me that there's two issues that seem to be of great, great concern uh, to the, the political class in Washington, and that is the question of 
the integrity of our elections, and the other is the seriousness of the threat of COVID. Uh, if COVID is a um, life-threatening, civilization-ending threat, well, then uh, the government uh, can be uh, expected to take all measures necessary to deal with COVID, uh, including locking down people in their homes. And uh, we haven't gone quite as far as some of the Chinese authorities who actually nailed people inside their homes, boarded them up and nailed them shut. Um, uh, but we seem to be heading in that direction. And uh, then if you uh, uh, bring out information that says that, hey, you know what, COVID, uh, there were people that died from it, of course, uh, but it hasn't exactly been the massive threat that uh, the government would like us to, to believe because there's a survivability uh, north of 99% of those who get COVID uh, will eventually get better. Uh, I had it, my wife had it, and we took some herbs and uh, uh, rested a couple of days and we were able to uh, uh, spring back. And so I think that's uh, uh, dawning on a lot of people that, hey, you know what? COVID is another name, and particularly at this point, uh, for what we used to call the flu. In fact, that's what it is. It's a kind of <laughs> And all of this about that, please. Uh, what Ladies and gentlemen, you say it's all about COVID. You say it's all about climate change. You say it's all about free speech. You say it's all about truckers. You say it's all about the Department of Homeland Security created by the Republicans and being used against us as a weapon by the Democrats and it all sounds like a big, complicated confusion, but I'll make it very simple as I tie it together in seconds with Larry Pratt on your radio. You are a racist. Your mom is a racist. Your dad is a racist. And your entire family is racist. And you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you. So much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McLean and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho. Paid for by Ammon Bundy for governor. VoteBundy.com for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? 
please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Larry Pratt with me. On one hand, it sounds like we're all over the board. On the other hand, I'm telling you, all these issues are absolutely tied together. And what is the reality check? The reality check is your government is declaring war on we, the people. Sad but true, ladies and gentlemen. Your government is so rogue, so criminal, so abusive, so hostile. Ladies and gentlemen, Canadian truckers get their first victory. They're all out there trying to have barbecues and say, we don't like you forcing vaccinations. And they're having barbecues and bounce houses with the kids, and the government's all up in arms going, how do you guys treat this like a party? You're supposed to get violent and crazy, and they're like, nah, I'm good. Well, then now the Department of Homeland Security Bulletin wants you to believe truckers are going to disrupt the Super Bowl and shut down the State of the Union address as it goes all crazy and violent. Truckers are going, no, man, we're all good. We're just kind of telling you we don't want you to abuse us with vaccines. But you know what? There's no sign of any specific threat, government officials admit, even though they ratchet this narrative up of fear and intimidation and abuse. And now U.S. truckers are slamming Facebook for removing their page, trying to organize the truckers' convoy, censorship at its finest, if you will, they're claiming. And now you got a deeply concerning call for a hearing. Yeah. Congressional police enter a congressman's office now. They're literally going into offices, illegally taking photos of files and everything else. Um, You know what? Biden admins and others opening mail that they shouldn't open. You've got spying all over the place, if you believe Gomer and others. Now, Daniel Horowitz ties this all together in his op-ed piece and says, Hey, man, Department of Homeland Security is becoming dangerously close to criminalizing the First Amendment and your political beliefs. <laughs> and now on Monday, the Department of Homeland Security posts its latest National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin. The number one terrorism threat is us not believing the government's narrative and people publicly going against that narrative. That's the biggest domestic threat of all they claim. And while that happens then, we've been speaking out on vaccines for quite some time, but now the gloves come off of the the CDC. Here it is. Ready? CDC now signals changes to COVID-19 vaccination schedule in part to address heart inflammation problems. Well, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't it us that told you that heart problems were there and the government said, oh, no, you're crazy. And now they're literally going to start changing the vaccination forced protocols because it messes with your heart to the point where now they're going to spread out the vaccines. They're going to recommend people get less and less doses. They're now talking about giving people a fourth vaccination. And I'm just saying, wow, if it works so well, why do we worry about people's hearts at all? And if it works so well, why are we spreading it out? And if it works so well, why are we on vax shot jab four and etc.? And now you get an article Dr. Pierre Corey, who testified before Congress, literally says COVID-19 is highly treatable. Joseph Mercola writes this, ladies and gentlemen. So now you got two doctors doubling down and saying it's highly treatable. At the same time, you got the government's trying to literally criminalize 
literally everything that we do. Literally criminalizing everything that we say, believe, think, peacefully assemble about. It's all going on. Your Republican-created Department of Homeland Security now is being weaponized by the, quote, Biden administration to literally attack us for anything we do that doesn't double down in a communist socialist narrative, Larry. Well, just to uh, reiterate the way I was uh, trying to put it uh, a minute ago, uh, we're free to say whatever we want, think whatever we want, as long as it is in accord and has been permitted by the government. Uh, then we're free to do anything we want. Now, of course, if we have an opinion that's different, uh, we're finding out that in their opinion, that makes us a terrorist. And uh, I'm pretty sure they're very disappointed that all of these uh, white middle class uh, uh, businessmen with their own businesses, which is what uh, many of these truckers are, this is their own business, their own truck that they own, and uh, they contract for the business that they have. Uh, these are very independent people, and that in itself, I think, is viewed as a threat. Uh, the, the government has tried to invent uh, that they're going to do all these terrible things, and it hasn't happened, as you pointed out. They've, they've been having parties uh, instead of uh, uh, the behavior like Antifa in center cities uh, burning things down. Uh, the, the conservative, uh, which is what most of these people are, I think, uh, the independent-minded people uh, just are not the kind of threat that the government has wanted to make them into. Because if there were anybody that even looked cross-eyed and jaywalked, uh, they would say that was a terroristic act. They would use that to further clamp down and have us locked in our houses for another month or so. Um, this is, it seems to me, the game that's being played. And the two issues, as you pointed to, Sam, are the vaccinations, the whole COVID uh, mantra, uh, and an election integrity. And it was just a conspiracy theory uh, that there be anything wrong with the vaccinations or that there be anything wrong with how the elections were conducted. Well, it's turning out uh, In Arizona, for example, there's a serious effort to get to the bottom of what did happen uh, during the election last November, and uh, it's not looking so good, uh, particularly for some of the officials in Maricopa County, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Apparently, there was a lot of hanky-pank, and uh, they're bringing it to the light of day, and I think this may be why we're hearing a a uh, rising crescendo of um, uh, average people, terrorist threat must be dealt with severely uh, coming from our government masters because they uh, they realize that we're on the verge of not only suspecting that they were doing these things, but now the, the proof is beginning to eke out in spite of uh, their best efforts to uh, conceal it and prevent it from coming out. And the the people that are investigating this in Arizona, particularly a, a state rep by the name of Fincham, um, uh, he's a real threat. No doubt we're going to learn that he's a terrorist uh, in the near future. Uh, that will be uh, made public. And 
And so it goes. And, of course, the doctors that have been concerned about the vaccinations, well, um, uh, they obviously uh, are uh, discussing misinformation. And misinformation under the First Amendment is not allowed. You can only say that which has been approved by the government. Then you can say anything you want. Where do we go from here? Because I'm submitting that the government is literally declaring war on the people. I mean, when you can't even go down and say, I'm not happy with the school here and what's going on, or you're a domestic terrorist. And when your local uh, local government, we used to think local government or state government would be better, but all the way from your local school board, all the way up to the Justice Department and the FBI and the White House is literally this narrative that, hey, the government at every level is saying the people are a domestic threat. They're a terrorist organization to the point where now, you know what? All of our five guarantees in the First Amendment are destroyed. You can't peacefully assemble. You can't sue for a redress of grievances. You'll get nowhere if you sue for a redress of grievance. You'll just be shut down before you ever get started. They'll just mock you and laugh at you. And, and then they might even try to prosecute you saying you have no right to even bring this stuff up. If you try to peacefully assemble, they'll put their FBI and Justice Department provocateurs in the mix and turn it into an insurrection. If you try to go to church, uh-uh. You might kill everybody with COVID. You try to speak out and say, hey, this isn't right. And they say, shut you down. You're peddling a false narrative. This is blatantly in your face. And I hate to say it, but they've literally declared war on those who are trying desperately to remain peaceful, Larry. The the, um, the truckers, I think, have shown that. Uh, these are uh, kind of tough guys, and uh, they certainly uh, – would probably not be the best target for Antifa to take on. And yet, uh, as we've already uh, pointed out, these guys have been almost like having a party. Their kids are in little bouncy rooms uh, there where they're having their demonstration. Uh, they're anything but burning the city down the way the left did. When people on the right who were crying out for government to leave them alone and and oh and while you're at it would you please protect our southern border from invasion uh well then uh, that rises to the level of terrorists to be talking that way um it and while they're at it by the way they will protect themselves when a, a student in a northern virginia school uh, had gone into a girl's room and assaulted one of the girls in there uh, that was covered up, and he was just assigned to another school where he did the same thing. And that was uh, they, they tried to keep that undercover, and they, they liked to arrest the father that was complaining that his daughter was one of those that had been attacked by this, uh, by this uh, fellow who was posing as a transsexual uh, and had uh, attacked two uh, female students. Uh, and the school board uh, of, of this county just played right along and covered it up, and nothing to see here, folks. Uh, uh, it, well, it finally broke on them, and we'll see what happens uh, in the elections that uh, this year uh, they, they won't be having. Well, they'll that's... just commit election fraud, and then that won't be anything. And all they're doing is mocking the dad who's trying to protect his daughter, and then they're mocking the daughter by ignoring this crime, and they're promoting I mean. It's just gotten to the point where it's, again, everything. So uh, you're going to stop truckers from going across the border in Canada, even though, hey, we're saying 
and there's a supply chain a supply chain disruption, but yet the southern border leaks like a sieve. Everything they're doing smacks of destroying the greatest country on the face of the earth and disturbing the most people or the most peaceful people on the face of the earth and uh, literally trying to whip us up into a, I don't know what it would be, a riot? Uh, they, they literally had that going on all last year, riots everywhere. But yet they did nothing to prosecute, nothing to be accountable. Now they're breaking into offices of Congress. And Congress is powerless to stop the, quote, agencies they've supposedly created. Remember, the Republicans created DHS, the Department of Homeland Security. That's the organization being weaponized right now. Let let me underscore something you just said, because I think the hypocrisy of it cries out for uh, a little uh, sunlight. Um, For the trucker to go into Canada, they're being told, you have to be triple vaxxed with a booster vax and all that before you can come in uh, to the country. Uh, forget the fact that you may have something that we desperately need because our store shelves are getting emptier and emptier. Meanwhile, down on the southern border of the United States, people can come into this country and are coming into this country illegally without ever even being tested the supposedly dreaded COVID. Isn't that interesting? One invasion, uh, that's okay. Uh, Legitimate business uh, going on, that's not okay. I don't really know where to go with this, ladies and gentlemen, except to say don't fall for their bait. You cannot uh, go violent. You cannot get so frustrated that you lose your cool. They're trying to egg you on because then they can crack down even harder be wise and peaceful and careful and don't let them bait you into the violence into the narrative ladies and gentlemen we've got to stand tall we've got to realize the wheels of justice grind slowly but we need to also step up and demand this criminal activity stops we got a lot of work cut out for us at the bottom line larry pratt thank you sir sam thank you appreciate you keeping the broadcast here for larry pratt and sam bushman god save the republic